Hello, time travelers! Hello. <laughs> the year is 1999. We just traveled here. And we just had our minds blown by The Matrix. A movie that first showed uh, America the reality of the red pill and the blue pill and all the great MRA propaganda that goes with it. Guys, women have run this society for too long. Men, it's time for us to have our due. I'm glad that it took us 13 episodes for this to become an MRA podcast. That's what this always was, people. You didn't get it? What That's because you've been feminized. Wow. Toot Yeah, we saw The Matrix. Toot Perfect intro. Perfect, perfect intro. intro. Perfect. Um, hello, fellow time travelers. Greeting from the year 1999. Yep. A lot, a lot of good stuff happened in 99. This a lot was a of good great films. movie year. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the other things that came out? Then? Varsity Blues. Yes, as, as we've already. <laughs> She's uh, all that. <laughs> well, I not to spoil a few weeks uh, mm. or months from now, but. Eyes Wide Shut was number one at the box office. Oh my god, are you serious? I am not joking. I love Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> I cannot wait for that episode. Eyes I Wide love Shut, that movie yeah. so much. Yeah, that, I mean, this is the year of Fight Club. Mm-hmm. This is the year of American Beauty. Is Toy Story 2? Toy Story 2, mm-hmm. another thing we're going to be talking American about. American sure. Pie. American Pie, throw the Chevys to the levees. South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. A lot of good stuff. The Cider House Rules. The Cider House Rules. All these (laughs) films came out, but none of them thoroughly blew everyone's minds like The Matrix. I was going to hope you would say like Cider House Rules. Like Cider House Rules. (laughs) It changed all the rules. How could all these princes live in one house and go to bed to go? I've never seen the Cider House Rules. Well, the first rule of Cider House (laughs) (laughs) is... Uh, anyway, I'm sure there will be a week where we would maybe watch the Cider House Rules, but it's not going to be this week, <laughs> because this is the week where you we talk about the movie that changed all the Cider House Rules, <laughs> and it is The Matrix. Um, Veronica, what's your history with The Matrix? Um, I remember seeing posters for it when I was in theaters, but I did not go. Mm. Uh, Do you remember what the posters looked like? I think they were just like Keanu Reeves maybe like doing some sort of a karate chop and like he had like uh, Carrie Ann Moss and uh, 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 Lawrence Fishburne like on each of his sides. I remember it being sounds, blue and everyone was wearing like, red. At least that was like the DVD cover. I, yeah. I don't remember the theatrical poster. So I remember that. I remember not going, but I remember catching it on home video when that came out and being like, Okay, I don't think I really was into it. But then I had to watch it in college for a film class, Mm. and I enjoyed it quite a bit. 
I remember having to write a paper about it that I've been desperately trying to remember what it said, but I could not. <laughs> Why I liked it by Veronica. <laughs> My summer vacation. <laughs> I rented a DVD of The Matrix. <laughs> uh, what is your uh, Matrix history? <laughs> <laughs> Matrix history. I saw it in the theaters. Whoa. Yeah, it was one of the first... Um, R-rated movies that wasn't important that I was allowed to see. Oh, uh, so Saving Private Ryan, important. Wow, um, I can't believe your parents took you to Saving Private Ryan. Isn't it also pretty it brutal? It was important. Wow. Okay. Also, uh, neither of these movies had boobs in them. Oh, that's uh, that weird. is our Although, except for the idiots leading the yeah, German dude, army. Those fucking <laughs> idiots. Oh, I'm a Nazi. <laughs> Um. Uh, <laughs> uh, although they did let me see Titanic, and that had boobs in it, but that was also important. Of course. Um, because if a child does not remember remember the Titanic, yeah, it, I mean, it was a truly important film. Um, oh yeah, I saw Titanic many times in theater. <laughs> I wish we were doing this podcast in 2017 so that we could talk about Titanic. Well, only eight years ago, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or eight years from now. No, hold on. Well, maybe it's yeah, real. eight years from now. Yeah, yeah, eight years ago. Yeah, math. Anyway, um, I saw it in the Matrix. I think I saw it with my friend Corey and my dad, Whoa. and it was. And I remember it wasn't the movie theater we normally are. It was at the mall in the opposite direction on Route One. I think. this is all fascinating for us. I do think, but I remember going to the cafe afterwards and just being like, "That was so cool." <laughs> oh man, I I weirdly have I have a distinct memory of that I also have distinct memories of going to the Matrix Reloaded. Mm. I do not have distinct memories of going to Matrix Revolutions. Do I, you, are you sure that you did that? I absolutely did. Okay. I remember sitting in like the third row in this ninety uh, uh, nine was year the big. Um, movie house opened in my town Ooh, uh, the american movie cinema <laughs> <laughs> um but the 24 uh, screen amc opened in my town um the first movie i ever saw there was awesome powers spy who shagged me great movie. i feel like i've said that on this show before i feel like the austin powers the spy who shagged me movie is the official mascot <laughs> um, um, box time, which is apt because hmm? it involves time travel yeah, it does um, <laughs> and Heather Graham will also be appearing on this show later. Yeah, she's foxy. <laughs> but not as foxy as Beyonce, whose character's name was, I believe, a foxy, foxy. Cleopatra. Yes. And she's a whole lot of woman, <laughs> if I recall correctly. That that movie was bad. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I remember going to see the second one. We were in like the third row at the big screen opening night. I saw it with my girlfriend at the time and, and our friends. Corey. And I was the only one. Uh, Corey was not there. Aww, um, <laughs> you had uh, a falling out. Um, I Maybe it was John, not Corey. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> it really doesn't matter. But I, uh, uh, I remember after Reloaded, really, I was the one really trying to talk the gang into into the how it was actually great and we actually all had a had a really good time um and and they were confused by the fact that we actually all had a great time um uh and that my after that kind of burn a little bit i i guess blocked revolutions from my mind i don't remember what happens in either of the sequels i've had friends tell me they uh they play better now but i don't know I have never seen the sequels. I heard they were bad. 
and I never sought them out. <laughs> there you go. So we're a couple of real fucking Matrix fanatics. You can tell. Um, <laughs> we're sitting in here dressed as, you guessed it, our favorite character, Cypher. We both uh, shaved our heads for for the occasion. Um, some people were like, guys, it's a podcast. No one will see you. You do not need to shave your heads. And we're like, fuck you. We are the number one Matrix fans on planet Earth. Also, my costume, just to be clear, is actually of Joe Pantoliano's character from The Sopranos. You're uh, Ralphie? <laughs> I think. I forgot his name. He was a great character. Yeah. He was, was uh, Joey Pantoliano is wonderful. Joe um, Pants. Sorry, one of, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. Risky Business. Oh, interesting. Says, Not Memento. Never fuck. With another man's livelihood. Oh, in a in a in a down economy, never fuck with another man's account, uh, livelihood. That's a good line. Good job, whoever wrote that movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, this is like also a weird movie where there are two people who are in Memento are in it, which is kind of cool. That is true. That is That's true. That's pretty fun. Uh, but it's no uh, Jaimon being in two movies about a Captain that's America. That's true. We Captain had Marvel a far thing. better coincidence last week than um, we. But speaking of last week, when we went an hour and forty minutes describing the plot of Shazam, <laughs> if that's how long it takes us to describe the plot of Shazam, um, uh, the Matrix <laughs> might take uh, three years. So we're going to do kind of a brief rundown. Yeah. You've fucking seen The Matrix. Yeah, it seems like most people have seen The Matrix. So, I mean, I guess we are going to sort of describe the plot in very, like, high level before we dive into what it all means, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, and so I guess to start, The Matrix is a story of Neo <laughs> uh, or Mr. Anderson depending on that's his slave name oh wow his name is Neo anyway uh, Mr. Anderson still like works as a computer uh, developer at nondescript company X and he thinks things are dandy even though he deals hard drives on the side some sort of like he is uh, i mean futuristic it's very drug. efficient i was really thinking how efficient the setup to this all is yeah. he is a uh, the one thing that really feels dated to me is the definition of cool in this movie <laughs> um but he is basically a drug dealer he is a hacker but this movie makes it cool, so he's basically a drug dealer of floppy disks. Yeah, so he, like, deals floppy disks that I assume are also somehow drugs. Uh, but <laughs> uh, on uh, during the day, he works at... Uh, how, how old is Keanu in this movie? Uh, so I would guess he's, like, 30 or something like that. Yeah, I was trying to figure out because he looks pretty young. And uh, it's one of the it's this it, this is the time period when you, when you see movies from like this age. So I was twelve, um, and characters that you thought were like oh an old adult, and now you watch them and you're like oh they look pretty young. It, that I hate it. I hate it every time. Keanu Reeves. Well, he was born in 1964 in Lebanon. Fun fact. Mm. Uh, so, so he's 35. Yeah. So he. I mean, I assume so when they shot the movie. Yeah. He's just he a much like more 34. handsome man. He's a, he, I mean, Hollywood. Also, he's a projection. Uh, and <laughs> How old's Karyan Moss? Uh, Karyan, okay, so this is, this is what this is going to be. Karyan. <laughs> 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 Welcome to IMDb cast. Um, uh, so, yeah, so, but Neo knows something is off. She is three years younger. Mm, so she's 31. Uh, yes. 
finally a movie about adults. <laughs> and uh, and one day he uh, gets uh, he almost gets busted by these mysterious agents who show up at his place of work, but he gets a mysterious yet a mysterious phone call from Morpheus, who we have yet to meet. But he tells him how to escape them. But at the last second, he kind of chickens out. So he I, gets captured by. Mm, sorry. Are we? Are we taking time? Like, I love that scene. Yeah, it's a great scene. I remember that. It's. Yeah, it, at the time, that moment where he's like, he goes out on the window and he's like, fuck that. Yeah. Which I've seen in a few movies since, like, I think we talked a lot about Spider Man Homecoming. Didn't that, that movie have a moment like that? I mean, Some reason another movie, movie I have not seen. Um, but yeah, no, the, the first everything in the first act is so f- it's it moves, it's fun. It's we didn't great. mention the great uh, Trinity escape scene at the beginning. Oh yeah, uh, so yeah, we are introduced to Trinity before we are introduced to Neo. But Trinity is one of the resistance, mm-hmm. which we'll learn more about. And so Neo is. Uh, interrogated by the agents they insert some sort of like an alien apparatus inside of him that he thinks is a dream because he wakes up the next day and because they make his mouth uh, mold together yeah and like oh that was a great scene (laughs) Uh, and um, and so uh, after that he is finally introduced to Morpheus, who takes them uh, in his car. They fish out. <laughs> the fast version of this movie is funny. What? The fast version of this movie is funny. <laughs> they meet Morpheus. He takes him in their car, in his car. I don't know. They fish out that apparatus, and he's like, whoa, this was real. And so uh, then Morpheus introduces a choice to Neo. He's like, take the blue pill and everything goes back to normal. I leave you alone. You do you. I do me. Or you take the red pill and women are back in the 1950s and have traditional <laughs> female roles. Uh, I know. But or uh, much like Alice in Wonderland, you'll see how far the rabbit hole goes. There are a lot of references to Alice in Wonderland. And also, weirdly, in the same scene, there's also, like, a reference to Dorothy, I think. Uh, oh, yeah, Cypher calls him Dorothy. Yeah. So, a lot a lot of literary yeah, Can- things. Yeah, uh, Kansas is going bye-bye. Another yeah. great trailer line. <laughs> and, uh... How excited do you think the marketing team was when they watched the dailies and heard Morpheus's line, no one can tell you what the Matrix is, you have to see it for yourself. Oh, yeah, they were like, oh, or do we know? Maybe like the Wachowski remember, that's siblings. How you ended the, that's how they ended the trailer. Oh, is that true? I don't. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember the trailer. It had a website. Movies back then had websites. Whoa. I believe it was www.whatisthematrix.com. Oh, what is the Matrix? That It had gifts. It had so many. It had you know dancing hamsters, but it was dancing Morpheus. Should have been dancing mouse. The character. And it's mouse. all just like a green. Like like a black green screen and like a visitor counter. I'm the 900th person to go on the Matrix site. <laughs> oh man, visitor counters and a guest book to have a guest book. Loved the movie. Saw with family. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
And so Aneo chooses the red pill, and he is, uh, and Morpheus reveals to him that actually the real life that he thinks that he's been living is not real at all. It's a simulation brought forward by the machines who are actually running the universe. Yeah, Morpheus is a liar. You can be told what the Matrix is. We're about to do it. Uh, yeah, the Matrix <laughs> is just a simulation. All the people are in a simulation. That's what the Matrix is. The end. <laughs> and so the humans have been enslaved by the machines because the humans, once they realize that the AI, the they themselves created, sounds familiar, Google uh, <laughs> is... Uh, Fuck, dude. It needs uh, photosynthesis or solar energy to function. They decided to shoot the sun. And once the sun uh, was off, they were like, our job here is done. The machines are not going to bother us anymore. But the machines were like, we're going to plug you humans into some weird pods and feed us energy because you are the best battery we have. How shitty do you think the guy who first suggested the sun idea felt? <laughs> when he's like, okay, guys, so yeah, now there's no sun and I guess we're all going to die anyway. <laughs> but like, hey, those robots are gone. Oh, no, dude, the robots are back, and now it's worse. They're enslaving us all. Um, so uh, you you destroyed the sun for no reason. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I'm sure he felt pretty bad. And I'm sure he the paid for it with his blood. Oh, shit. See, that Matrix sequels, no. Give us the story of that idiot. Was that not part of Animatrix? I believe that was a uh, special in the Animatrix. It was right between Matrix Noir and... <laughs> <laughs> uh well and so neo is like no that can't be but it is and uh and so I, did you ever see the Mat animatrix no i never did i remember watching like five minutes of it and being like i love the matrix and putting this on and being like oh okay so i'm like a nerd but not this type of nerd. <laughs> <laughs> and turning it off <laughs> i think i might have watched like a clip for said movie class but i can't recall most of it uh yeah and so begins a training montage basically morpheus uh is teaching neo that uh like you know there's like you can you can bend reality here because there's like no real reality so you can do whatever the fuck you want and here are a bunch of floppy disks with a lot of martial arts that you can learn in two seconds but i hear you screenplay writers but where are the stakes? If you can do anything in the Matrix, who cares? Well, don't worry. The Wachowskis have you covered. Because right when you're thinking that, they give a scene where Keanu bleeds. And Morpheus is like, your brain can't, your body can't live without your brain. You die in the Matrix. You're fucking dead, dude. Whoa. Stakes. <laughs> and Raised. Oh, I actually was thinking, like, how good, like, I could feel... You know, because we've talked about how much of a mess so many of the, like, modern big-budget movies we see are. Right. And I feel like I point this out anytime we do a retro review and I'm like, oh, the scenes go together. <laughs> but like right when you're starting to be like, oh, what a hopeless world. There's nothing to fight for. There's a scene where Tank is like, oh, by the way, there's a secret human society. And if we like win here, we can go save that city. And it's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. No, it's good screenwriting. You can, it's yeah, a very you can, well written movie. <laughs> you can hear someone who gave notes on an earlier draft being like, oh, yeah, so they, they, we need to get hope. Also, <laughs> we need to explain that the, there are stakes. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I guess I don't know how much I should really go more into the synopsis. But I mean, I think uh, I mean, what we could say is that 
Morpheus thinks that Neo is the one. Neo is unsure. They go see an oracle who tells him he is not the one, but he's gonna have to make a choice because a Mor- kid bends a spoon. Oh, there's a, there's a young Yuri Geller who built who bends a spoon. Who is he? A young Yuri Geller. You know that like the spoon bender guy. Like, oh, was that an actual spoon bender? Yeah, do you know? He's like this, like... Uh, I'm not up on my spoon bender. No, he's like this, uh, he's like a, I mean, he's not like a scam artist, but he's one of those people who was like, oh, oh no, no, he's one of those real powers. spoon benders. <laughs> he like used to hang out with Michael Jackson. He's like this weird Israeli dude who's like, I I also have ESP. Yeah, like, he's not a scam artist, though. <laughs> he's he's super cool. He has he a car. That's Dude. all made out of like bent spoons and yeah. forks. He's just a totally on the up and up dude who tells everyone that he can bend spoons <laughs> with his mind and then hangs out with a bunch of celebrities. He's a totally normal guy. Well, yeah, he's he should be. Uh, anyway, um, and so yeah, so Neo would have. She tells him Neo would have to make a choice because Morpheus does believe that he is the one. And uh, is willing to sacrifice himself for him. So he's gonna, Neo ha- is gonna have to make a choice whether to do it or not. Uh, and and then Morpheus gets kidnapped, and Neo does make a choice to sacrifice himself, but he doesn't need to because it's a movie. And uh, you know he fights off Agent Smith, who's like a manifestation of the Matrix mm-hmm. himself, and. Um, you know, they live to fight another day. I mean, I just, I just, I felt like if we were going to go scene by scene, it would, it's going to become tedious. And what we actually want to talk about is the movie itself and not the plot uh, in this scenario. Sure. Um, uh, sure. So let's, uh, let's just start. Um, does it hold up? Or, or we both saw it. So yeah, does it hold up? I think it does. I, I think it holds up pretty well. Yeah. I thought it was great. It's super fun. It's still super fun. Like I said, it's unlike some big sci-fi movies. Like, it is very cool in a way that, like, um, you know, Luke Skywalker's never, like, a fucking cool dude. Uh, <laughs> so this movie is very rooted in what is cool in 1999 cy- cyberpunk. So there are a few times where we see some cool dressed characters and they look fucking stupid. <laughs> um, but uh, but other than that, everything is yeah, everything's great. Um, there was a it, towards the towards the back half. There's a series of scenes. There's the amazing scene where Cipher Joe Pantoliano. He's you know he's betrayed the team. And he is talking to Trinity, who's still in the Matrix. He's in the real world. And he's threatening her while one by one unplugging um, the other team members in the real world. So they die in the Matrix. And it's so creepy and great. But it's also his conversation, all of his dialogue about not wanting to live in this real world and preferring the Matrix. It's all great dialogue. And then that goes right into the Hugo weaving, torturing uh, Lawrence Fishburne scenes where he gives the great speech about how um, humans are a virus. I remember as a 12 year old being like, oh my God, that's so smart. I <laughs> wish I could write a villain speech that good. Like I specifically remember <laughs> thinking how good that villain speech was. And it's all, it's a movie that has a fun premise and just thinks through its ideas and mm-hmm. comes up with all the, all the different ways it can, 
play with those ideas in fun ways and find little avenues in those ideas. And it's just it's just fun to see a movie that's thought out. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely such a well plotted movie where I mean, this in the wrong hands, the exact same concept and ideas could just become indecipherable mm. and very unclear. And this movie is like super clear. Like there are no, oh, uh, why did this happen? I think yeah. things. Plus, it just, it feels like the best version of like a very like, you know, when you're like intoxicated and you're just in college and you're having all these like <laughs> philosophical conversations with your friends and you're like, whoa, but what if this is actually a simulation and all like all that stuff? And like in the wrong hands, this could be super cheesy and bad, but I feel like it's such a well done version of these ideas that it works super well. Yeah. And also a, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about us. Um, we talked about how, you know, um, interesting, I, I was saying how interesting the ideas are and the metaphors. And I think like The Matrix, I think people will have fun dissecting what that movie's about for years to come. But I thought that the home invasion horror stuff of us on a moment to moment literal level wasn't as fun as it could be. The Matrix is a movie with all these cool ideas. That's also still a super fun action movie. Right. I was, so, well, I was watching this yesterday. Uh, I was, yeah, I was talking to Corey and I was saying this movie probably like scene for scene has the most, like the biggest count of iconic scenes mm -hmm. in all of movie history. Like even more than Star Wars, like I think... Or, like, Star Wars in a single movie, I don't think has as many iconic moments as this thing does. Because, like, every, almost every scene inside the Matrix is, like, a memorable scene that what? you know. What was the last movie that came out that was so instantly iconic like that, that, like, every scene from it was instantly parodied? Uh, I mean, 99 also had Blair Witch Project that was like that. Right. Um, uh, or like The Sixth Sense, too. Yeah. Was it just that? Uh, I mean, I guess I guess it would be maybe the end of uh, Avengers and Infinity War. I guess. But it's just, it seems like, I mean, I mean, maybe like getting back to our like fractured culture and mm. stuff. But I feel like it's harder to achieve those moments, too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess like something like Thanos. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of whether there's. I mean, I think what it's it's hard to do it with a franchise type movie because it's not surprising. Yeah, it's never surprising. I mean that like yeah, the ad campaign was what is the Matrix? They say that question repeatedly in the first few minutes. Yeah. And um it was so hard to do that now. I went we went into it the trailers didn't really say what it was or at least not in a way that our feeble 99 brains could understand. <laughs> uh, Morpheus didn't spell it out for 5 minutes in the trailer. Um but it was that question and I can't think of an experience really like that except in like horror movies, something like Hereditary that has incredibly vague trailers. Mm. Um, well, I mean, in terms of like, I guess, parody and cultural impact, something oh, like... Yeah, I was just talking about um, oh, marketing, marketing based around a, a mystery, mm. it, but not in a J.J. Abrams annoying way. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah, I was going to... The way that backs it up, I guess. Like, when you get there, the what in the Matrix in 99 was... The reveal was as exciting as the question. How was Inception marketed? Oh, you know what? I think Inception would be a good example that felt... That movie felt as kind of big of like, oh, what a cool new thing. Right. Yeah. Um... I wasn't 12 when Inception came out, so it didn't hit me as hard. (laughs) But, like, yeah. Yeah, I think, like, I think there are still, like, certain movies that could elicit that. But I feel like The Matrix not only asked those questions, but also, like, lived up to the answer, which is very hard to do. It's also maybe, like, the big iconic scenes in Inception are so hard to replicate, so it wasn't parodied as much. (laughs) Like, it's one thing to replicate Keanu just moving (laughs) moving around backwards while dodging bullets. You can do that pretty easily. Everyone does it anytime they see this movie. It's a little harder to replicate, to parody a fight scene while the walls are spinning. Ah, that movie is so great. Um, one thing I want so I was thinking, thinking about the sequels I barely remember them mm-hmm. I just remember being disappointed um, and I was thinking about how great the dialogue is in this movie how great the, that virus speech ciphers all the villain speeches are so great mm-hmm. um, and I was curious if the second one is as confusing as I remember so I am on the IMDb page for uh, Matrix Reloaded the one thing I remember is the 10 minute long not the rave scene that's 10 minute long, but the 10 minute long architect scene where the architect explains everything. I want you, Veronica, to just try to read some of this dialogue from the architect and I'm going to see if it's as confusing as I remember it. Okay, so, quote, the architect. You are here because Zion is about to be destroyed. It is every living inhabitant terminated. Oh, it's every living inhabitant terminated. Its entire existence eradicated. Neo. Bullshit. The monitors respond the same. I don't know what that means. The architect. Denial is the most predictable of all human responses. But rest assured, this will be the sixth time we have destroyed it. And we have become exceedingly efficient at it. Is this the plot to the good place? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a little bit. All right. This is a different snippet. Do you find one of the quotes about like the, the history and stuff? And what, and Neo's existence. Well, how about, so, hello, Neo. Who are you? I am the architect. I created the Matrix. I've been waiting for you. You have many questions. And although the process has altered your consciousness, you remain irrevocably human. Ergo, some of my answers you will understand, and some of them you will not. Concordantly? (laughs) Oh, God. While your first question may be the most pertinent, you may or may not realize it is also the most irrelevant. Um, yeah, that that sucks. Yeah. That's boring. It's very boring. The function of the one is now to return to the source, allowing a temporary dissemination of the code you carry, reinserting the prime program, after which you will be required to select from the Matrix 23 individuals, 16 female, 7 male, to rebuild Zion, Failure to comply with this process will result in a cataclysm, cataclysmic system crash, killing everyone connected to the Matrix, which, coupled with the extermination of Zion, will ultimately result in the extinction of the entire human race. Neo, it, I won't, you won't let it happen. You can't. You need human beings to survive. The Architect, there are levels of survival we are prepared to accept. Who is the Architect? Is that Mr. Smith? No, so if I remember, 
at the end, the big twist at the end of Matrix Reloaded, which is revealed in this incredibly long just conversation uh, about this was all one conversation. Oh yeah, this is the, the architect's only in one scene. It's just a long God. philosophical conversation. Oh, that's God. really what the Matrix Reloaded is: is exploring the philosophies of the original, which is why I think a lot of people have found things to enjoy about it in in mm. the in the present. If you rewatch it, is just that uh-huh. a, a deeper exploration of the ideas. Um, but yet, yeah, if I remember correctly, he is revealing that Neo is the one, sure, but the one is part of the program. Um, the computers discovered that humans will always rebel, and so they created a one that will happen like once every generation. Um, and it's the like humans, the Slayer. Yeah, and the humans will band <laughs> together, and then they'll fight. And then they'll destroy Zion and they'll just start over again each time. So he's the one, but I think he's like the sixth one that's ever existed. I mean, conceptually, it doesn't oh, yeah, sound great. Bad. Yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah. I, the idea is great. Yeah. The, the, this movie ends. Oh, he's the one. You end the second chapter. Yeah, you're the one, dude. It'd be one thing if they're just like, you're not the one. That'd be boring. But it's like, you are the one, but that's actually meaningless <laughs> is, is pretty is a great twist. Um, and the third one is like, okay, well, what does that mean? Um, but I conceptually that makes sense, but I just remember in in context it was just so boring and like like that just there's just not the f- I know Hugo Weaving's supposed to have like he's going rogue and he's developing human characteristics, but that's what makes him way more interesting to listen to deliver dialogue than just kind of a flat. Mm-hmm. You may not understand this. Maybe that actor gets. Who I don't plays fucking, the architect? I don't know, but I know they wanted Sean Connery, but couldn't get him. I am the architect. I have been waiting for you. I am the architect. This is how well I can do a Scottish accent. Well, this was maybe a dumb exercise <laughs> that I thought of, thought it might be fun, but who knows? Uh, well, uh, so what else do we like about this? I really like movies, and I guess this is another comparison to like the Christopher Nolan movies, mm. where they have a very clear color palette. Mm. This one has like such a shiny green kind of vibe to it. Yeah, I guess sort of like because you know the Matrix is green, but also like maybe like an Oz connotation mm. kind of thing. And I really, really enjoyed that. It's one of the only movies that I was actually thinking might have been might have benefited from being shot digitally like hmm. i know the tech wasn't there at the time but it would you wanted it to look like time code or something i just thought was that the movie time code the one that was dv and was shot four stories concurrently in split screen oh i've never seen that i don't know what that is uh but it just yeah it just like i felt like maybe this is the kind of movie that would actually benefit from not being from not having like the film grain uh-huh. in it but i mean i love film film forever so that wasn't yes time code is the 2000 film in which four people uh selma hayek stone sarsgaard gene triplehorn and Susie nakamura all oh, wow. act in four in a split screen concurrently whoa that's an interesting experiment i've never heard of that so it probably wasn't that successful. Perhaps. It's got a fun cast, though. I also saw Kyle MacLachlan and Xander Berkeley are in it. Oh, that is a fun cast. Um, anyway, <laughs> I am derailing this so hard. Um, so yeah, I so 
the movie's 20 years old. Um, it was a huge hit in 99. I've seen a lot of retrospectives about it coming up. Um, I've seen a lot of people uh, reading it, um, trying to read it, or see if there's anything there to reading it from a, a trans perspective, as the uh, Wachowski brothers, as they were titled in this movie, um, are now the Wachowski sisters. Um, and the Wachowski brother. That's... Oh, is there a third? No, it's just a reference to Animaniacs. Um, Animaniacs. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, credited, not titled. Um, uh, uh, and yeah, the one interesting thing I read is that Switch, the blonde mm-hmm. female um, resistance fighter, uh, was named Switch because in the original script, um, she was... Uh, supposed to be a she in the matrix and then when they went to real world was a male mm-hmm. um so that her digital self was female i don't know i it doesn't seem like the wachowskis have spoken at all about uh yeah if this subtext exists if they put it in there and it or if it's just people trying to read into it have they i have not i've not been a massive fan of this movie to read a lot about mm-hmm. it are they the kind of filmmakers who talk about their projects a lot? What is What have they actually said about any of it? Because I can't... All th- I remember yeah. from the time was them talking about um, their kung fu influences. No. Um, uh, it's another weird thing is that it's, it's so indebted to like um, Asian cinema, and yet uh, for a fairly diverse cast, very few Asian people. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that. Just a bunch of white and black people doing martial arts. Um, <laughs> but uh, Yeah, that is odd. I haven't thought about that. Yeah, it's something I, I thought I'm a lot Shazam, it is not. But what was it? Oh, shit, what was I going to say? Oh, speaking of like changing times, um, uh, since I doubt you or I have a lot to add about the uh, potential trans uh, reading of the film. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what is there anything to our regular segment? Um, ooh, that would not, what the fuck is the title of our segment? Ooh, that would not fly today? Is that? Love it. I love it. It's uh, probably changed eight times over the sh- series show. Uh, let's see. Let me, let me think about that. Uh, no, I don't know. I, I, I can't, put my yeah I, your trigger finger on it I, yeah i can't put my trigger you know what i feel like this is something i've noticed but i might be wrong about this it seemed like there's a lot more like not necessarily shooting i think there are like a lot of like gun you know scenes here too but like there are a lot more bullets it felt like the, the normal movies nowadays have the gun fetishization fetishization so this came out wh- when did this come out uh i, I mean day? i guess so it would I be this april weekend. yeah oh. so columbine happened a few weeks later on april 20th mm-hmm. and i know this movie was you know uh instantly looked askance for it's it's gun fetishization at the time and 
uh, now in 2019, um, you know, 20 years after Columbine, there obviously haven't been a, a mass shooting since because we as a country responded to mm-hmm. that one and uh, didn't blame Marilyn Manson and instead looked at uh, gun laws. Um, uh, yeah, so this is but a far <laughs> memory. <laughs> Just kidding. So many children have died. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> guns are cool. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, looking at it now, the... Which, as a 12-year-old, I fucking loved. But the the lobby scene is a little rough, particularly because the movie has made it clear that these are innocent people who stand no chance up against these superhumans and are just getting blown away. They make it clear that, you know, they have their their thoughts about it that... that, um, Anyone who is a part of the system and hasn't been saved yet is still potentially an enemy because they're still part of a system. And they mean kind of literally that the agents will take them over, also that they help the system. That line works great for this movie as metaphor. Whatever you want the metaphor for the system to be with these people rebelling against it, that line is great. Mm-hmm. But in the literal uh, literal reading of the movie where these are innocent humans who do not realize they're part of a simulation... That's rough. Also, Morpheus said, I mean, it's, I guess, you know, practical. They have to kill these people. They'll kill them. But Morpheus also says, due to people freaking out when they get saved and find out the truth, they don't usually save anyone over a certain age. So that basically means anyone in the Matrix who's like not 15, fucking shoot them. They are, (laughs) they are useless to the resistance. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I mean, that's what I I had, like, a kind of a visceral reaction in the lobby shootout scene of just, like, how much bullets were flying. Well, the subtext of the whole scene is just, like, guns are fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. And they're wearing those, like, black jackets and stuff, which is another Columbine thing. Um, so, yeah, so I think that would be my candidate for it. This would not fly. Yes, today. that's it's it, people have already people were even discussing it just a month later, mm-hmm. um, thanks to the times. Uh, but yeah, that is the one thing that stands out as weird, other than what any everyone is wearing at that rave scene. <laughs> so uh, here are the other candidates, or here are the other um, movies in the top five for this weekend. Uh, so it was The Matrix at number one. Number two, Never Been Kissed. Hell yeah. Uh, number three, Ten Things I Hate About You. Number four, The Out of Towners. Mm, number five. That this, was that Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn? Yeah, I enjoyed that movie quite and a bit. John Cleese? John Cleese was cross-dressing in that movie. Analyze this. Sure, that would not fly today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, previous champion and Go. Was go? Well, I thought that was a bomb. It opened at number six, so it was quite a bomb. That was its first week. Uh, Do so. Never been kissed and go are the new releases. Would you would you think that the Matrix is justified in be retaining its number one spot? Well, I've never seen Never Been Kissed. Really? Um, I I saw uh. Yeah, I have not seen that. I saw the um, the Britney Spears music video from Crazy, which is on the soundtrack, right? No, that's Drive Me Crazy. That's the movie. 
Oh, fuck. Right with Melissa Joan Hart. That's why she was in the video. Well, then, no. I have Whoa, no- it all... <laughs> the mystery solved. I have no no thoughts. I've never been kissed. Uh, Go is a very fun movie, um, but if I remember correctly, it came out at the tail end of a huge wave of seeming Tarantino ripoffs, and while it did not... it In actual execution, did not feel that way. I think in marketing, it definitely seemed that way. Right. Um, it was also just I. I feel like it was somewhat marketed as, a, like an edgier like teen movie still because mm-hmm. like a lot of the stars is like Katie Holmes, and well, kids love Sarah Polly. Well, it's just to me at least as someone who loved Dawson's Creek, this was a Katie Holmes yeah. movie, <laughs> and uh, it did feel like a lot of the marketing did rely on that so i was I, a fan of fox's action so i was like give me that jay moore <laughs> more and more over here yes who else please is it is it timothy oliphant Who's yeah timothy the... oliphant yeah i mean i enjoyed that movie but it was I, definitely I, yeah. not at least in my mind true to its marketing and i feel like it might have gone the other way for other people too this was this was when i was in uh, the the full full heat of battle over whether I was allowed to go see R-rated movies, so yeah, go go did not make make the cut, nor did I even try to wage that battle. <laughs> um, so they all do ecstasy, and uh, <laughs> but, it's a great movie, Ma. <laughs> but I did it's see it's about the game go. <laughs> but I did see the Matrix, and I I the marketing was just I just remember it being so effective. Um, uh, yeah, I think this is one where. The marketing was great, and then the movie backed up the promise of the marketing. Right. Uh, and I just, like, the word of mouth was so instantaneous. Yeah. I mean, it's so exciting. I, I think it rarely happens now, and maybe it's because we're old. But just, like, <laughs> I don't know, just, like, being genuinely impressed and surprised by a movie, by something you haven't seen before. When was the last time that happened to you? Like, as a um, movie goer? Some of the shots in Roma? <laughs> I, I remember mean, being like, how'd they get that whole, like, battle going on downstairs? <laughs> I just, I feel like there's plenty of movies I still love, but a movie where I'm like, what the fuck did I just see? And not in a bad way. I think, but like, idea-wise, when was the last time you were so surprised by the premise of a movie. Like, I can't think of... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, something like Eternal Sunshine comes Mm. to mind. That's 2003. I mean, Inception, like, I was really into that when that Mm. came out. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's like... I don't know whether it does it happen now with other movies that you and I have just like seen a version of earlier and we're not that impressed by. I mean, I've been blown away by quieter movies. I think the I can't think of the last time my giant budget release first. Right. Like, yeah. How uh, you know that really was like whoa, so thoughtful. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe that's what I mean. I I mean like a big blockbuster. Or, like, a blockbuster-aiming movie mm-hmm. that actually lived up to the hype and was something new and not just a rehash of something yeah. you've I, seen before. Okay, so Matrix is a good movie. No, it is so great. I wish, like, <laughs> we had more of those. That's my point. Well, we do. We have two more. <laughs> and the Animatrix. 
Of and what? apparently something with Michael B. Jordan in the Matrix universe, but not a remake. Is that a Fahrenheit 451? Maybe. Who the fuck knows? Uh, well, so we both loved the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you've seen uh, in the past week that you were like, I love it as much, if not more, than the Matrix? Well, this, well I guess that's not the criteria. This is movie adjacent. Oh, boy. Um, so I was uh, visiting family in florida this past weekend whoa um and uh, uh the girlfriend and i decided to treat ourselves to a trip to disney world whoa um and we went to animal kingdom and i went to the avatar area for the first time Pandora the land world. of the navi and i god do i not care about that movie <laughs> um i it's not that i didn't like it it's james cameron the action scenes are super fun it's just not a movie that's memorable in any way, really. Um, hot take that the world shares. Uh, <laughs> but I will say uh, that park was so fucking fun. Oh, yeah. And those two Avatar rides are so awesome that I walked out of the first one. <laughs> I looked at Chris and I was just like, I guess I fucking love Avatar now. <laughs> what are the rides? Um, so first off, the whole area, it's called Pandora, like the planet. You guys, we, apparently we all saw the movie. The numbers don't lie. Um, <laughs> I've actually never seen it. Oh, man. It's great. Um, I only saw the Comic-Con preview that was like 20 oh, minutes. Oh, you saw that? Yeah. I was at Comic-Con that, that year. That was apparently a big moment. It was. It was packed. But the reaction to it was the same day. So Avatar was followed by the Kick-Ass panel. And the, <laughs> and the Wait, rea- Kick-Ass came out in 2009? Uh, I, I think it was 20... Yeah, 2009. By the way, 2009, that means if we get, this podcast makes it in December, it's going to be a lot of Avatar talk. <laughs> it, uh, but yeah, the reaction to the Avatar was like people were impressed. People were going batshit crazy over kick-ass. That is so funny. Uh, anyway, sorry. That was a digression. So hit girl! I, I mean, got a hit girl! I love the first kick-ass movie. That's um, great. Uh, anyway, but, so... Yeah, rides. so you walk into... When you first walk into the area... Um, and so this is this is this next step in theme parks fully immersive world you know uh universal did their harry potter area and now disney's like fuck you we've got avatar (laughs) i don't know why that competes (laughs) but we're gonna make an avatar immersive world and then in a few months the star wars area is gonna open and that's gonna be fucking insane but um but you turn a corner and you cross a bridge and suddenly everything is done up to look like this alien world they've got both unusual real plants and then also fake plants everywhere and Mm. these huge floating mountains that are just so cool to look at did you see my picture uh i might have i've seen a few of your pictures um well listener you won't but uh i can look them up on instagram yeah go for it john what's your instagram handle so the people can follow you j-o-n-b-e-r-s-h-a-d it's my name oh Oh, that's nice. I have seen that picture. Yeah, so it's very... It, the whole area is very cool. And then they have two rides. One's like a dark dark ride, a water ride, where you just... A nice, peaceful water ride through the Pandorian jungle. And mm-hmm. it's just like bioluminescence, weird stuff going around. And it's just very cool. And the other ride, which if you go, um, make sure you go when the park opens, because within 20 minutes, it's a two-hour line. Oh, God. Um, Do they have a fast pass? 
They do. But Disney World now has weird fast. It's different. It's like oh, all it digital. Is it an app now or yeah. something? Hmm. Um, which is a good idea. It's just we didn't realize that till uh, <laughs> the day before we got to the park. Uh, this was a last minute trip. Hold on. So you need to book your fast passes in advance of the day? Well, you have the ability. If oh. you, you can reserve your fast pass for each ride up to 30 days in advance. Whoa. So if, that like us, great. you plan your trip a week in advance uh, and then find out about the fast pass a night in advance. <laughs> um, we, we did not get the hot ride, but we did. Um, we, we shot over, went went straight to Pandora, as did everyone. But we pushed some kids out of the way, Good. knocked over some, like, scooters and wheelchairs, rushed over there. Uh, so I only had to wait about 20 minutes. But it's um, it's called uh, Flight of Passage. And the Oof, idea is that so you are jacking perfect. in to your own Navi who's going on a Rite of Passage flight on a Banshee. That's like a dragon. <laughs> and so it is this 3D thing where you are sitting atop. Basically, imagine a, a, the shape of a motorcycle. And you're sitting atop it. And it's like kind of strapped in. And you have 3D glasses on. And uh, they have a big screen in front of you, and it's directly in front of you, so it fills your vision. Mm. And so you, you show a bunch of flashing lights, and then you feel like, oh, no, like you have the vision of the Navi as he gets on this dragon. And then your seat moves like a breathing animal is between oh. your legs. And then it's just you go flying around, you fly down by water, and they spritz water in your face. Oh, that's fun. It I is... think I would enjoy that. Super cool. Is it kind of like Soren? It's exact. It's it's that technology. Yeah, I like Soren. Soren is fun. It's that as a thrill ride. I mean, I'm down. Sign me up. Dude, we love Avatar now. Yeah, apparently. Avatar fucking rules. Did James Cameron design the rides? Um, Do we know? He's in a lot of the behind the scenes videos, but That's nice. mostly just going, "Wow, it's just like I imagined." Uh, anyway, gotta go back to the ocean. Yeah, gotta go back look for the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> James, we found the Titanic. Uh, oh, How about you? You seen well, anything good? Oh, so I saw this pretty interesting documentary. It's Boring. called The Red Chapel. <laughs> Are you familiar with it? I am not. I so it is an insane premise for a movie, but it is um, so this Danish comedian slash documentarian. <laughs> Uh, recruits two Danish Korean uh, comedians to pretend to be in a vaudeville act to travel to North Korea to present the vaudeville act. And it's all like, sh- it's a documentary, but they somehow well, This get- is the one where they filmed Beyond the Border. Yeah, yeah, it's shot in North Korea. Oh, I've heard of this. It is insane. It's great. It's funny and scary and weird. It's sort of like a way realer Borat. If, I don't know how. How to did they it. persuade these guys to do this? So, uh, so the I mean, the Danish, all the Danish people are in on it, but so the two Korean performers, one of them is also uh, disabled. Like, he calls himself spastic. He has motor uh, disabilities and sort of, like, his speech impediment and stuff. But so they're attempting to perform this weird vaudeville act that also includes, like, a sing-along to uh, a Wonder Wall. <laughs> that is the big climax. I don't want to spoil a lot of it, but they have, like, their own North Korean guide who, like, cries every time she has to talk about 
about the dear leader and it's like all of it is filmed like she's like weirdly cuddly with like one of the like the like the disabled uh guy remember when we saw escape from tomorrowland and it was a big deal that they snuck cameras into disney yeah (laughs) this is like way more and he's like uh yeah mickey mouse wasn't gonna torture (laughs) you it was so intense the level of just like and you really see kind of uh there's one scene where they were filming and they're supposed to like film at like a school and these all these kids are waving like kind of automatons and they keep waving and they keep waving and he's like yeah uh, once you put the camera on them they kind of just do it because they're so afraid to stop they're like all these like weird moments where you kind of really sort of understand the psyche of the north korean people and how they're sort of like are basically like role players inside this weird fantasy of one family it's uh it's it's really i i would recommend it uh red the red chapel the red chapel where'd you see it uh it was on a streaming service um i forget which one you traveled to north korea yeah i traveled to north korea oh hold on i actually do tag this on letterboxd i will say it was on amazon prime hmm it's available do you pay for it no it's available with your i just went to disney world i have no money left (laughs) uh so yeah that was a very fascinating movie i think he has Another one, so this director only recently found out about him, but he also has one where he poses as um, a diamond seller and tries to buy blood diamonds uh, in Africa. It's called The Ambassador. And I think he has another documentary coming out this year that's supposed to have an insane twist, too. Um all right. But yeah, they're at Chapel. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, so what's what's coming out in the theaters this week? Our next episode will be a new movie. Yeah. So this is going to be the week of April 17th. The Spread Can you Eagle. Believe it? We're already there. Uh, and the only two wide releases are the, I think we talked about this, the movie Breakthrough, the Christian movie. About a kid who drowns in a lake, but then God saves him and not science and Please, doctors. America, send us to this movie. Uh, and also the Disney nature doc Penguins. Uh, Wait, so these are coming out the 19th? On the 17th. Oh, oh, and on the 19th, there's also... Right, because the 17th is a Wednesday. Yeah, I guess two movies are coming out on a Wednesday, according to Box Office Mojo. Jesus doesn't wait for Friday. Exactly. Unless on Friday, you pray. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the Curse of the La, La Royona. Yeah. Oh, a little horror movie. Yeah, the horror movie. Also, Under the Silver Lake comes out in limited release, and I'm oh, pretty yeah, excited what happened to see to that? it. So apparently it's only might show up in theaters for a week before going to VOD. Why? So it got pretty. So for those who don't know, it's the follow up to or it's the next movie that director of it follows. Um, Uh, The follow up to it follows. It It follows. It follows. (laughs) It follows. It follows. And it's sort of like kind of like an inherent vice movie. Mm. But apparently the lead is more of a jerk and it takes place in today these days uh and so it got kind of mixed reception can and i guess the distributors were trying to convince john cameron mitchell to recut the movie 
but he didn't. And they sort of kept pushing it back for the past year, it seems like. Yeah. And it's finally out, unceremoniously dumped. Um, mm. So that sucks because I still kind of want to check it out. Yeah. I, I uh, so do you think it would be any of those? Well, it'll be that, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, I w- uh, well, okay. So um, uh, d- d- pulling the curtain back again, we were recording this a week early. Um, so what <laughs> it could also out, be what, yeah, Hellboy. What, is Hellboy Hellboy's coming out? The week bef- the weekend before we release this? Yes. And Missing Link on this weekend. Oh. Uh, mm. Also Missing Link, the new uh, Leica movie. Studio Leica. Uh, so it's a Leica movie, so it'll be great and no one will see it. I know. Um, uh, gosh. Oh, also that little movie that's big, but oh, little. That's coming out this week? Uh, yes. If that ends up getting a number one and is people like it, I can see that one hanging on weirdly. I feel like Hellboy's gonna gonna bomb. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of buzz for that. Also coming out, are you familiar with After? No. So After, much like Fifty Shades of Grey was fanfic for Twilight. Really? After is fanfic for One Direction. <laughs> what? <laughs> and so uh, apparently, the, I've only read this, but it's like sort of a story about this woman who might be like torn between five guys who are handsome and can sing. Maybe I can find the actual plot. Oh my god! Uh, please, America, make that number one. I want to see that. Uh, let's see, movie. I love that you write fan fiction for a band. For yeah, real people. So Tessa Young is a dedicated student, dutiful daughter, and a loyal girlfriend to her high school sweetheart. Entering her first semester in college, Tessa's guarded world opens up when she meets Harden Scott, a mysterious and brooding rebel. Is that Harry Styles? I guess. Who makes her question all she thought she knew about herself and what she wants out of life. So it might just be her in love with uh, Harry Styles, but they're also like... His, like, all his hot friends are there, too. America, I'm down. I want to see that. Please, please demand we see that by going to see it yourselves. <laughs> uh, what, were, what were the other options? I, Curse of La, 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 La Llorona will be my my pick. Yeah. I mean, I I just know I will not enjoy that movie. I'm, <laughs> I am hoping for after. <laughs> Oh my god, I am desperately hoping for after. I just, I would even watch Hellboy and Little over. Oh, I mean, hey, I, I, st- the oh, and, I mean, is Missing still one of my Link. Movies. Missing, I mean, what if The Missing Link does so good that it's number one two weekends in a row? I'd love to hear that. Plus, yeah, it'd be much. Yeah, I like, feel like I shit on The Grinch every other episode. <laughs> yeah. Maybe every episode. But, I mean, yeah, Leica are so good. They're like the new Pixar in terms of batting averages. Whoa. Whoa, dude. That's a hot take. But, yeah, it seems like the next episode is not going to be about a fun movie, and we apologize in advance. Boo! <laughs> the curse of La Llorona. Watch out, kid in a bathtub. There's a ghost lady. I've only seen that trailer in bars. I don't know what's actually being said in any of it. I assume there are a lot of creaky doors and some wafting curtains, gently wafting curtains. Well, get ready for perhaps that, or perhaps even little. Or perhaps even 
um, America decides to go see an older movie <laughs> on <en> mass. <laughs> Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the case. Can America write in a box office? <laughs> <laughs> whatever the case, uh, whatever America sees, we will see as well. We see it because you did too. That's the tagline for the show that we've always used. That's actually not a bad tagline. We Put it on the Facebook. It. To the Facebooks. Toot toot. toot. <laughs>